Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to continue this morning talking about the Holy Spirit in you. All right, two people. Let's try this again. Anybody been getting anything out of this Holy Spirit in you series? Has it made you love the Holy Spirit more? And realize all the help that you have because the Holy Spirit lives in you. So we're going to start here in Romans 8. We're going to talk today about how the Holy Spirit leads us. How the Holy Spirit leads us. So Romans 8 verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is how the Holy Spirit leads us. How the Holy Spirit leads us. Now, today, as we get into this, we've been building on everything we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to get us to this point. And I really feel like today you're going to get a lot of good practical help on how the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. So we've been talking about this and emphasizing this on Sunday mornings, especially about the importance of the Holy Spirit, but especially being a spirit-filled believer. You know, people in the church world, you know, even the people that don't necessarily believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they still do have the Holy Spirit living in them. But we as a church family, we believe in not just the infilling of the Spirit of God, but we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means the Spirit of God wants to come, and it's a secondary experience, with power to come upon us to do the works that God has called us to do. We believe in the supernatural. We believe in the things in the book of Acts and the New Testament with healing and deliverance. Like it happened back then because the Holy Spirit was doing it through his church, but he's still doing it. And we believe that people in the New Testament, they prayed in tongues. They had a spiritual language, which is given by the Holy Spirit. We believe in that at Church on the Rock. It's important for your own personal devotional life. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the fruit of the Spirit. And we're a Spirit-filled church. But today we're talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Now hear me this morning. If we say we are Spirit-filled then we should be spirit-led. Now, there's a reason I'm saying that because there's kind of a, a stigma with churches and people like us is they emphasize spirit-filled, 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 but yet they kind of make kind of crazy decisions. You go help me or not? <laughs> and, and they're kind of off the wall and they kind of, you know, Or just like one week I'm called to do this, one week I'm called to do this, one week I'm over here, one week I'm over here, one week I'm at this church, the next week I'm at this church, but I'm spirit-filled. No, if you're really spirit-filled, you're really spirit-led. 
you, you can't separate the two. A spirit-filled person should be more led than the non-spirit-filled person. Should be making better, more wise decisions being spirit-filled. So I fully agree with that. We are a spirit-filled church, and, and I am thankful for it. It's what the New Testament believers were. They were all spirit-filled. They all believed in tongues. They all believed in healing, deliverance. This was normal. There was no such thing as denominations in the early church. You realize that, right? They all just believed this way because they were all filled with the Spirit. But if you're really Spirit-filled, there should be some fruit in your life that you're really Spirit-led. And that's a better witness than you praying in tongues. Come on now, somebody. When people see that you listen to God and you make wise decisions and the things you say God told you turn out the way he told you they would and you're not a up and down, in and out, inconsistent person, that speaks volumes to people more than you praying in tongues saying you have a gift of the Spirit. Spirit-filled means spirit-led. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how the Holy Spirit leads us as believers. How does he lead us? Now, Romans 8, 14, let's start here. Look at what it says, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Really, in other translations, there's, there's several things I want to bring out here. The first one is this, that in this verse, it implies that when it says that we are sons of God, it means that you are mature in God. So this is not saying if I don't let God lead me, I'm not saved. It's saying when I allow God to really lead my life, then I'm mature. You follow me so far? And really that's a better translation of it, that it's really the mature children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. You're starting to grow up when you stop leading your life and you let the Spirit start leading your life. You start growing up in God when you stop thinking that you know everything about everything, because you don't. And you say, God, you know everything about everything. And Holy Spirit, if you tell me to do it, I'll do it. If you tell me don't go there, I won't go there. If you tell me don't make that decision, I won't make that decision. You know that you're a real mature son and daughter of God when you're led by his spirit. Come on now, somebody. Now, this is, it brings this out actually in the Passion Translation of uh, Romans 8.14, if we could bring that up here. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, you can still love God, but never listen to God's Spirit lead you. Why? Because you have a will. And the Holy Spirit will not make you make the right decision. You have to allow Him to lead your life, to guide your life by your own will, aligning with His will, submitting yourself to Him. That's what we talked about last week, life in the Spirit. It's not automatic. You have to make that choice. I'm going to allow you, Holy Spirit, to lead me and guide me into what you have for my life. 
And I'm going to align my will with your will because I know you know what's best for me. Now, what happens with that? You are a mature child of God when you're led by the impulses of this Holy Spirit. But you have to let him lead you and guide you. Okay, you still with me? How the Holy Spirit leads us. What we're talking about, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, here's some other passages that say the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Jesus speaking, John 14, 16 and 17, we'll pull it up here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Verse 17, notice what it says. He is the Holy Spirit who leads he wants to lead you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, either, it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you and later he will be in you. Now we are living in those days where the Holy Spirit lives in us. This, this is another thing that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. John 16. Is, is it okay we study, study the Bible? I mean, this is why you came to church, right? You are in a church. This is why you came. John 16, verse 13, however, he, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. Same thing as lead, leading guide into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All Things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He, who's a He, he hold the Holy Spirit, He will take of mine and declare it to you. So we know the Holy Spirit wants to lead us as believers. Now, if you're not saved, you can't be led by the Spirit because He doesn't live in you yet. But when you receive the Spirit of God, he comes in you. And one of his main jobs for us as believers is to lead us and guide us into God's perfect will and plan for his life. It's his job to lead us and guide us into all truth for our lives. What God has for us. And we can't get there without the leading and guiding of God's Spirit. Listen to me this morning. You are not smart enough to figure out God's perfect will and plan for your life. You are not smart enough to get into all truth that God has called you to get into. You are not. I don't care how educated you are. I don't even care if you have a GPS on your phone. It won't get you to God's perfect will for your life. Only the Holy Spirit is the one that God sent to lead you and guide you into all truth. That you can get into God's perfect will and perfect plan. But you have to be led. You have to be led. Or guided. You need a guide. So, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. Now, if you're going to be led or somebody's going to be your guide, just say on a hiking trail. That's what I love to talk about because that's what I do. I'm a professional. (laughs) Side note. 
you know, the church, it pays me all right. But I've thought of many times being a part-time hiking guy at Charlestown State Park. I'm just saying. I'm that good at that park. I just know everything about it. So, I mean, I'm saying you could get a guided hike by me for a price. But, but here's something, if, if someone's going to lead you and guide you, what do you have to do? You have to follow them. They, they could try to lead you everywhere, but if you're not following them, you're going to get lost. And for most believers, I love you, but most believers, the Holy Spirit's trying to lead and guide you, and most of us do not follow and wonder why we end up where we end up. And wonder why we make the decisions we make and wonder why this doesn't work out and that doesn't work out. It's like, well, you weren't following. The Holy Spirit was trying to lead you and guide you, but you have to follow him. You got to follow God. The word talks about that all the time, to follow him, follow in his footsteps. Jesus, in his physical form, God himself in the flesh said, follow me. But how do we follow him? You got to follow the leader and the guide who is the Holy Spirit. But here's another great question we all have this morning. How do we follow someone who is invisible? He's unseen, but he's not unreal. But, but how do we, it's, it's real easy if you could actually see him physically, you could easily follow him, couldn't you? You know, like when Jesus told his disciples to follow him, it was kind of easy. They saw Jesus walking, and they're like, okay, we will follow you. We're following you. But Jesus is not here anymore. He went back to the heaven. Him and the Father are in heaven, and he sent the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us into all truth. But how does he lead us and guide us? Because we can't see the Spirit of God. So how does he lead us and guide us? I think it's what we all want to know. How, how are we going to follow him if we can't see where he's going? Well, we follow him by listening for his voice. We follow the Spirit, and we are led and guided by the Spirit by listening to his voice. Because we can't see him. So what do we have to do? We have to be led and guided by his voice. Let me give you an example of this. About Charlestown State Park. So many times being out there with Judah and Justice and Natalie. Um, we go off the trail. And don't tell anybody that. Can I tell you actually something that I probably shouldn't tell you? One time, we crossed the fence we shouldn't have crossed, and then a park guide got us right when we, Judah was clearing the fence. We almost got away with it. You know I'm telling you this? Because I'm, I'm a second born, so I'm a rule breaker. I'm not a first born. And so, so me and Natalie made it over the fence. Judah is, is clearing the fence. We are so close to go into parts of Charleston State Park we were not supposed to go into. And we got caught. And this park ranger put the fear of God in us. 
Because he said, if I ever catch you over that fence again, I'm going to ban you from the park for a year. I said, what am I going to do for a year? This is my second home. Anyways. But when we're at Charlestown State Park, we stick together. We don't want people getting lost. But there has been a few times when we're at the park where... You know, the boys go off somewhere or Natalie somewhere, and we get separated from each other. And I can't see them, but I need to find them. So if you can't see somebody, how do you find that person? Well, you got to listen for their voice. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but how does he lead and guide you? You got to listen for his voice because he leads you and guides you by his voice. And so, so we'll be at the park, and maybe, let's say, Judah and Justice and Natalie are over here. And, of course, I would leave Natalie sometimes with Judah and Justice because I trust them, and, I mean, they would, they would hurt somebody. They got their pocket knives on them. I, hey, they, they can handle their business. <laughs> they would protect her if necessary. But there's been a couple times we got separated, and so I shouted out, okay, I, I can't see you guys. I can't find you guys. I'm going to have to have you use your voice so I can be led and guided to where you're at. And so, so I say, you got, you got to make some noise. And, of course, when we're at the park, when we're trying to communicate with each other, we like to make, like, animal noises so other people at the park are freaked out. <laughs> Preferably, like, wolf noises or coyotes. So people are like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? Especially the, those, those new people at the park that got all the gear and the water thing. I'm like, we're not in Colorado. This is only one mile. I'm like, me and the boys have, like, a pair of shorts, like, no shoes and our shirt off. And these guys got packs and, and hiking sticks. I'm like, the, it's only one mile, guy. Like, chill out. Chill out. Like, we're not in Colorado hiking, like, 10 miles in the mountains. This is one mile flat in Charlestown State Park. So we like to make noises. So I'll be like, boys, make some noise. And they'll be like, so, I, so I'll listen for that. Or, or, you know, I'll just say, just say something. So Justin will be like, chicken nuggets. And so I'm listening for the voice because I need to be led and guided to where they're at. And they'll start making noises, but here's something that has to happen. They can't do it one time because I won't find them. They have to continue to speak, and I have to continue to listen. Come on now, somebody. Because being led by the Spirit is not a one-time event. It's a continual lifestyle that you are continuing to listen to Him continuing to speak to you so you end up in the right place that the Holy Spirit wants you to be. And so I'll tell them, well, don't just do it one time. you got to keep howling, guys. Because I don't know where you're at in the park. And so they're going to keep howling. And they're like, chicken nugget. And people are like, man, there must be some demons up in these woods. What is going on? Now, I love this stuff. So it might take me several minutes. It might take me a while. But eventually, if I keep listening to the voice and they keep speaking, I'll make it to where they're at. I'll end up in the right place. That's the same way with the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. But how does he do it? He does it by his voice. And we have to listen to his voice. We have to listen to him speaking. And not, not one time because we won't make it to where we need to get by listening one time. We have to continue to listen and listen day by day, week by week, year by year, to end up in the places that God has for us in his perfect will and perfect plan. But he doesn't lead us by physically us seeing him. He leads us by his voice. That's how the Spirit of God leads us to the right place. We have to listen for his voice. If you can work at the park with some kids, how much more the Spirit? He knows the right place for us, the right people, the right plan in God's perfect will for us. You with me so far? So talking about how the Holy Spirit leads us. But we're saying, how does he do it? He does it by his voice, by speaking to us. Now let's, let's listen to this. This is Jesus speaking about hearing the voice. John 10, verse 1 through 5. This is Jesus speaking. I, I feel like he's speaking about when the Spirit would come. This is what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, listen to this, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And when he brings his, out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will no, no by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, I, I believe with all my heart, Jesus is speaking prophetically about when he would go back to heaven, and he would send the Holy Spirit, and that's how he would lead us. He would lead us by his voice. Just like a shepherd leads the sheep by his voice. Now, I did a little research about this. And, you know, we talk about sheep in church. And a lot of times sheep get a bad rap because, like, really sheep are not super intelligent animals. Yet that's the one that God calls us all the time. But it's a reason. And he's not saying we're dumb. He's saying, like, you without a shepherd is going to get yourself in trouble. That's what he's trying to say. Because sheep, sheep eat stuff they shouldn't. Sheep, you know, get in the pond when they shouldn't. And then their fur starts getting coated with water. And they start sinking down. And then the shepherd has to grab them out of the pond. Like, sheep don't know what they're doing without a shepherd. They have to be led. That's what he's trying to say. And how do they be led as sheep they have to hear the voice of the shepherd and then he leads them and guides them to the place they need to be but how does God do that he does it by his spirit are you still picking up what I'm laying down so far he does it by his spirit but they said this about sheep one of the best qualities of sheep is they have excellent hearing 
And sheep are known for their hearing. Sheep, even though they get themselves in a lot of trouble, if they know their shepherd because they have excellent hearing, it's been said that there could be a huge, massive field with all sorts of sheep herds and different shepherds. And when their shepherd says, let's go, sheep have such great hearing, they know their shepherd's voice and they'll start following him. Because sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And how does the shepherd lead them? By the voice. That's how the spirit of God wants to lead us. He's going to speak to us. To lead us into God's perfect will. But how do we learn the voice of God? How do we learn to hear him speak? Well, this morning I want to tell you it's going to take some time. It's going to take a relationship. It's going to take some practice. Don't get discouraged because you're like, first of all, I don't even know how to hear God's voice. Or maybe I heard it. Maybe I didn't. It's okay. That's why you have to practice and have a relationship with the Spirit of God. Then you will know the voice of the shepherd. And you'll get just as good as those sheep that have excellent hearing that when he says, let's go, you go. And it doesn't matter if there's other voices around you. You know the voice of your shepherd and a stranger's voice you will not follow. And you will be led and guided by him. But how does he do that? By his spirit. You guys still here? So the Holy Spirit wants to lead us by his voice. So we have to learn his voice, know his voice, practice hearing his voice. I want you to know this morning, contrary to popular belief, you can hear God's voice. You can know God's voice. You can be led by God's spirit into God's perfect plan for your life. That's what the Bible says. Now, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to give you some different ways before we close today on how you do hear God's voice. But here's the next question you got to answer. If God is going to speak to us, how is he going to speak to us? Well, God is a spirit. And the real you is a spirit. Now, yeah, you do have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body, but the real you is a spirit. And God is going to speak to you spirit to spirit. That's the contact point of God. But notice what it says in Proverbs 20, 27. This is about God speaking to us. What does it say? The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. And I love this word picture given for God speaking to us because God is a spirit and we are a spirit. And God is going to speak to us spirit to spirit. Now, He gives this word picture that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, this word picture means that when God speaks to us, it's like him lighting our lamp. We're able to see now clearly what we couldn't see before because God's spirit lit our spirit, which is the lamp of the Lord. And when he lights us up, we can see what he wants us to see. We can see where he wants us to go. We can see now what he wants to do in our life when we couldn't see that before God spoke to us. That's what the Bible calls having revelation 
or God revealing himself to you. Kind of the same way it's still used, this kind of word picture and, and, and picture is used even in cartoons. Like when somebody has an idea or a thought, there's a light bulb that comes on above their head. Well, God had that in the Bible. It's called revelation. When, when God reveals something to you, the light comes on in your spirit when he's speaking to you. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this because the first thing I want to share with you on how God speaks to you has everything to do with God lighting your lamp. I'm going to give you five ways that the Spirit of God wants to speak to you. You want these five ways? You sure? Okay, just checking. The number one way God is going to speak to us, because you're like, I don't even know how to hear God's voice, Pastor. This is a good message, but I got no clue. I'm going to give you five clues on how God wants to speak to you. And why does he speak to you? Because he wants to lead you by the Holy Spirit. The number one way God's going to speak to you is the Word of God, the Bible. God is going to speak to you through the Word of God. Now, this is what your Bible says. The Holy Spirit is the one who helped the authors of the Bible write the Bible. He inspired them to do that. So guess what? When you're reading the Bible he inspired, he can be the one that reveals it to you, what you need to know when you're reading it. And I I love this. Smith Wigglesworth said this many years ago. Great man of God. He said, some read the Bible in Greek, some read the Bible in Hebrew, but I read it in the Holy Ghost. And I believe in studying. I love that stuff. But you can only get so much out of the Greek and the Hebrew in a concordance, in a commentary, if the Holy Spirit's not helping you give you revelation on what the word means. But here's the good news. Even if you don't have those books with you, even if you don't have a commentary in a library, even though you don't have a Greek or Hebrew in your car, you got the Holy Ghost. And if you got the Holy Ghost in a Bible, God can't speak to you through his word. Now, I believe God uses study. The Bible says to study. I love that kind of stuff. But even if you didn't, God can still speak to you by the Spirit of God. That's one of the number one ways God speaks to us, by the Word of God. This Bible right here that you guys have on your phone and you got many at your house, this thing that you don't read every week and you're like, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. And he's like, I did. I did. You just don't read it. And if you read it, he would speak to you. This is the easiest way to hear God speak every week. You want the easiest way and the fastest way to hear God speak every week? Open your Bible and start reading it. Now, every verse God won't speak to you about because that's not what he's trying to reveal. But there will be a verse, a sentence, a chapter, a quote, a word that will jump off the page. And what is that? That is God lighting your lamp and giving you revelation on what you need to know. I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. But this is what the Bible says. There's actually two words for the word word in the Bible. Can we say that again? There's two words for the word word in the Bible. There's this word called logos, which is the written word, which is this. But then there's another word in the Bible called rhema, which is the revealed or spoken word. 
Now that's what we all want from God, right? We all want the rhema. We all want God to speak. We all want God to reveal himself. But how does he do it? We got to get into the logos, the written word. And then when we do that, then he will give us the rhema, the revealed spoken word on what we need to know for that day. And you can do that anytime, any day, anywhere you want to. And that word rhema, the revealed word to you, is the same word picture given that God lights the lamp. And it comes alive and you're like, oh wow. That scripture just lit up. That word just lit up. That phrase just lit up. What is that? That's God giving you revelation. He's trying to speak to you. Why? Because he's trying to lead you by his word. The Bible calls that a rhema, the revealed word, where it jumps off the page, where you know that God is speaking to you, but how does he do that? He does it through his word. Let's look at what it says in 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. Notice what it says. This is talking about the Bible. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. Talking about the Bible. For their words are like a... A what? A lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns in Christ, the morning star shines in our hearts. And verse 20, above all, you must realize that no prophecy or no word in that Bible in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Talking about this Bible that you read right here. So yes, there was 40 different authors that wrote the Bible, but it wasn't just them. They had a co-author called the Holy Spirit that helped them to write what they wrote and to bring things to remembrance they needed to remember, and that's why we have this word today. So how is God going to speak to you? He's going to speak to you through his word, this Bible. Now, I know some of you are like, well, I don't understand the Bible. Get a different translation. I'm serious. There's so many translations these days. There's, you know, they got the Pokemon translation, the Stranger Things translation, the Disney Plus translation, the message, the passion. They got everything these days. No, there is a Bible that you can understand. There is. And there's, there's lots and lots and lots of free resources on your apps, on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer that are free to help you understand the Bible. But just find one you can't understand and start reading it. Because that is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. And how do you learn to hear his voice? By reading the word of God. Psalm 119, 130. Look at what it says. The entrance of your words gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. Look at what it says in the Passion. Break open your word within me until revelation, light, shines out. That's rhema. God speaks to you. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. 
So we're still talking today about how to be led by God's spirit. How does he lead you? By his voice. How do you hear his voice? Number one way, the word of God, the Bible. I know it's not flashy. I know it's, it's something you've heard most of us our whole lives, but it's still true. The word of God is how the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. If you get in this every day, there will be a verse, a word, a sentence, a chapter that will light up. That's what you need to know for that day. That's why the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. We got a couple people that agree and a couple grunts and an amen. God speaks to us by his spirit and leads us by the word of God. Here's the next thing. God speaks to us by his spirit through dreams and visions. Let's look at this verse. This is actually the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Look at what it says in Acts 2, 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Now, we're living in those days. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. But notice, let's jump back one more verse to verse 17. When the spirit of God is poured out, you will see visions and dreams. One of the ways that God speaks to us is through visions and dreams. By the Holy Spirit. Now, because this is a controversial topic. I will say majority of your dreams are from bad pizza. They are. Now, God does not speak to me in this way. I do have dreams, but most of them are not pleasant. I wouldn't say nightmares, but they're just not pleasant. It's like, it's like one of those dreams like you run into somebody at Harvest Homecoming you didn't want to talk to. Which is why you shouldn't go in the first place, because you're asking for that to happen, right? Because if you go to Harvest or Thunder, you're going to see every person you've ever known in southern Indiana and all the ones you never wanted to see again. So that's how my dreams go, and I can't get out of it. I'm like, I have to talk to you. And they're like, aren't you a pastor? I'm like, no. And then I wake up from my dream. Because you know if somebody's like, you're a pastor, you feel obligated to stay in there. Like, no, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I drive a tractor at Huber's. No, that's not me. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, he wants to speak to us through dreams and visions. Now, that was one of the things in the book of Acts that said, when the Spirit comes on you, that you will see visions and dreams. Now, I know there is people in the Bible that had these things happen, and I believe they do happen. Like Joseph, he had dreams, and they came to pass later, or Daniel, and you know they were able to interpret dreams. But I think God doesn't give immature spiritually people dreams and visions because they can't handle it. So I haven't, so I guess it tells you about me. I haven't had one yet. <laughs> now, my dad has had some of these visions, but I haven't. So whatever that means, take it with a grain of salt. But this is what I think it can also mean when it says that God will give you, by his spirit, dreams and visions when you have the Holy Spirit come into your life. That, that he can put something in your heart 
that you just know that you know that you know that you're called to do something. Or you know that you know that you know you're, you're supposed to start that business. And you're, sp- you're supposed to live there. Or you're supposed to do this. Or God's called you. And you know that just from a young age because the Holy Spirit gave you dreams and visions. I think that is one of the ways that God speaks to us. It's by dreams and visions. That God can give you a plan for your life even when you're not in it yet, but it's about the future. Now, now who's given you that information? It's the Holy Spirit. And he speaks to us through dreams and visions. He puts things in your heart. Now, for me, I always knew I was supposed to be a pastor. When I was little, I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. Now, after I saw Jurassic Park when I was younger, I tried to deviate from the plan. You know what I'm saying? And this is what I used to say. All right, mom and dad, since I've watched Jurassic Park and I'm an expert at dinosaurs, Steve knows what I'm talking about. I used to tell him, okay, I know I'm called to be a pastor. I'm with that. But during the day, I'm going to be a paleontologist. I'm going to dig up dinosaur bones. And then at nighttime, I'm going to preach. But even as a young, young boy, I knew I'm called to be a pastor. I can't run from this. I am a pastor. That's who I am. Now, who put that there? The Holy Spirit put that there in my heart and gave me a dream and a vision. Now, when I was a little bit older and I got into basketball, I wanted to do part-time MBA. (laughs) Don't laugh. Can you not see it? Can you not see it? I think it's pretty obvious you knew I was going to the NBA before I surrendered to the call of God to be a pastor. So, so then I knew, negotiated with God again in high school and said, okay, I'm going to do part-time MBA and part-time pastoring. And then, then I got a little bit older in high school and I stopped growing. I said, God, I hear you. I hear your voice clearly. I'm just going to be a pastor. But I knew that as a young man, now who put that there? The Holy Spirit put that there. That wasn't just a bad pizza. That wasn't just a random thought that came to me. And I was like, oh, I should do this. No, this was a God-given Holy Spirit dream and vision. Now, yes, God speaks through his word, but he also speaks through dreams and visions. I know some of you probably have that in your heart. And I was talking to a friend yesterday who I I graduated with and who I knew in high school. And this is really interesting. He's my age, and he's about to be a heart surgeon. But when he was a young man, he was talking about being a heart surgeon. Of course, you know, when you're in middle school and high school, and somebody's like, I'm going to be a heart surgeon. I'm like, okay, sure you are. But he said from the time he was a young man, he always knew in his heart he was called to be a heart surgeon. Who put that in him? The Holy Spirit. He gave him a dream and a vision. Now listen to this. Those of you who want to be a heart surgeon, how much school he's been to. Since high school, he's still in school. He's my age. He did four years Hanover, four years UK, four years University of Michigan, and now he's doing two more years at Duke to be a heart surgeon. Yeah. So anybody up for that kind of schooling? But he said from the time he was a young man till now, 
he knew in his heart that he was supposed to be a heart surgeon. So he pursued that because God put that God-given dream and vision in his heart. And guess what? In all those years, how many know you could get tired of being in school? He said, I forget this. But he never gave up on it because God put that dream and his vision in his heart. And today, he's finishing his uh, degree at Duke to be a heart surgeon. How many know you can't mess up when you're doing heart surgery? That's why you got to go to school for that long. Now, that young man, he had a different path than me, but God put pastor in my heart and heart surgeon in his heart. Who put those dreams and visions there? The Holy Spirit. But he can do the same for you. Some of you, it could be a calling on what you're called to do or a job. It could be that you're called to foster or adopt. It could be that you're called to start a business. But God will put dreams and visions in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You still with me? You know, uh, we have a good joking relationship. He's, his name's Aaron Williams, if he listens to the podcast. He says he listens to the podcast. But um, in high school, he always told me, you know, when, when you're a pastor one day, I'm going to be one of your deacons. And I'm going to tie it to your church. So you best believe I said on the phone the other day, uh, you know, that tithe check must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> Sometime in the last 14, 15 years. Because you're a heart surgeon now. Hello, all-in offering. Come on now, somebody. <laughs> now, we have a good joking relationship like that, so he thought it was hilarious. But God put that dream and vision in his heart. So God speaks by dreams and visions. I got a couple more things. Are you still good? Yes. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, he speaks to us. How does he speak to us? The word of God, yes. dreams and visions. Number three, he will speak to us through spiritual leaders and spiritual friends. Yes. Underline spiritual. <laughs> now, he doesn't just speak to you through any leader or any friend, but he speaks to us through spiritual leaders and spiritual friends. Look at what it says in Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there is no counsel, the people fail, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There's safety when you have spiritual leaders and spiritual friends speaking into your life. Let's look at this, Hebrews 13 and verse 17, speaking to spiritual leaders. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch out over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. And that would certainly not be for your benefit. But notice what it says. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, one of the ways, this is not the only way, that God speaks to us and leads us is through spiritual leaders and friends. That they can speak a word into our life that God is trying to get over. And when they speak that, we know that is from God. Now, I believe with all my heart, if we were listening to the Holy Spirit all the time, then God wouldn't have to send people into our lives all the time to tell us what to do or to try to help us. But because he knows how we are, sometimes we don't listen the first time. 
And God will put spiritual leaders and spiritual friends in your life because God wants to speak to you through them. That's one of the way God leads us. It's awful quiet in this Methodist church. Now, I'm not saying everything I say is Holy Spirit led, but there's a lot of things I say to you guys on Sunday mornings or in private settings that the Holy Spirit's trying to speak through me to get something over to you. And let's be honest, most of the time the Holy Spirit's already told us that and then the spiritual leader says it and you're like, oh yeah, he's been talking the same thing to me. I better listen. Are you here? Now, I know some of you got uncomfortable when it said obey spiritual leaders and do what they say. Because you've seen churches and people take this to a weird extreme. Here's what I want you to know today. I don't want to be your boss. I don't want to be in charge of your life. I'm trying to figure my life out. Just so you know. And I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit myself. But just because people have taken it to the extreme, don't discount what the word still says. That God will put spiritual leaders and spiritual friends in your life that will speak a word in season to you that you need to encourage you, to love you, but also to correct you and to get you back on the right track. Or sometimes pastors and leaders like myself have to plead with you, get back on the right course. Maybe you're not thinking right about something and a spiritual leader has to say something. That's not just them. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through them to get you back on track. So we should receive those things, not resist those things, especially if we know the person that's talking to us loves us. Now, if you don't have any relationship with that person, no, they don't need to speak into your life. But if you know that person loves you, it could be a trusted friend, it could be a family member, it could be a pastor or leader, and you know that they love you and they're not saying that to get something from you, they're saying that to get something to you, you should listen to them. Why? Because in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Because left to ourselves, we don't always make the right decisions. And God, a lot of times, will send spiritual leaders like Sunday morning to get into your life and get into your face and say, wake up. This is what God is doing. No, you're not thinking right. Get back on track. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. That's God speaking through me to get something over to you. But we got to receive it. Can't resist it. I can't count. The amount of people I've had private conversations with and said, man, I wouldn't do this. I would not do this. I would not do this. Please don't do this. You're not even thinking right. Here's 50 reasons why this is dumb. Yeah, that's the way I talk to people I love. I'll line it out. 50 reasons. One, this is dumb. Two, this is really dumb. (laughs) No, I usually have better reasons than that, but still. And I've had people eat my Puerto Vallarta, and never see him again. Many times. Because you know they're trying to get that free meal out of me. And you know what? Their life went a different direction in a wrong direction. Was that me trying to control their life? Manipulate them? Because I wanted to be the boss man in their life? No, I cared about their future, and God sent me and other people in their life To help speak to them because they're not listening to the Holy Ghost. 
Am I, am I too strong for you on Sunday mornings? But one of the ways God speaks to you is through spiritual leaders and spiritual friends. Let's just talk about spiritual friends. Sometimes we don't receive from each other. When we say, well, you ain't pastor. Husbands and wives. Morgan can't pull it on me because I'm like, I is the pastor. You ain't the pastor. Yes, I am. Trump card. Who's the pastor in this family? I am. Thank you. Okay, anyways, I'll get back. I'm in trouble for that comment. <laughs> but what about spiritual friends? Sometimes we'll say, well, you ain't Dr. Jacobs. You ain't the pastor. Yeah, but this person knows you better than they do. They're a spiritual friend, and they're trying to help you. I know many people in this church that they had a spiritual friend trying to talk to them and encourage them either about a relationship or a direction they were going, and they cut off the friendship because they didn't want to hear the truth anymore. Some of you sitting in this room are some of those people. You don't talk to certain people in this church anymore because they were the spiritual friend trying to tell you the truth, and you don't want to hear it. You'd rather hang out with people that are going to accommodate your sin and dumb lifestyle. And you'd rather be around people that make you feel comfortable in your nonsense. But what are you doing? You're shutting down the voice of the Spirit when the Holy Spirit's trying to use other people to speak into your life. I don't want to hang around them anymore. You need them. I want to go to other points, but I got a few more things. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. But we, we prefer being around butt-kissing friends, don't we? They never challenge us. They never call us up higher. They never help us. They're just going to pat us, and they're going to say, yeah, you know, if we're going down, we're going down together. I'm with you. You don't need those people in your life. Don't kick out your spiritual friends that are trying to help you. Now, this is not the only way God speaks to you, but one of the ways he speaks to you is through spiritual leaders and spiritual friends. All right. So God wants to lead us, but how does he lead us? Through his voice. How does he do that? Through the word of God, through dreams and visions, through spiritual leaders and friends. Now, I'm saying this all in a healthy way. Now, once again, if somebody speaks into your life and it's not the word, don't listen to them. I'm not just saying take anything anybody says. If somebody speaks into your life and you don't have peace about it, don't listen to it. But I'm saying a lot of times if you can trust them, the Holy Spirit will speak through them to you about a situation. Now, even in my own life with my own parents, there's been times that I had to say, listen, right now, I'm not your mom and dad. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you this. There's a difference. My parents had to do that, especially once I got older and I was an adult myself, because God would give them things for me, and I had to see it more than just mom and dad. Because, yeah, they were my parents, but they're also my spiritual leaders, and they had to say, Jordan, you're not listening to everybody else. 
Why? Because you're the pastor. But guess what? You is the pastor, but we pastor the pastor. Because every pastor needs a pastor. And we're your spiritual parents, and you're not thinking right about this. Now, I had a choice to make. Or you're not handling the situation right. And I would say 100% of that time, they were hearing from the Holy Spirit to help my life. But God will put those people in your life as well. All right. Can you handle a couple more? We're going to go to the easy ones now. We got all the controversial ones out of the way. So how does he lead us? He leads us by speaking to us. How does he speak to us? By his word, by dreams and visions, by spiritual leaders or spiritual friends. Number four, he speaks to us by his inward witness or inward peace. Let's look at Romans eight fourteen through 16. I appreciate you guys being here today. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Notice this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This word, when it says bear witness, is talking about the inner peace. That the Spirit of God leads us by the inner peace. When we're making a decision, a lot of times that's what he will give us to lead us. Now let's look at Colossians 3 and verse 15 in the Amplified. Notice what it says, And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule and act as umpire continually in your hearts, Deciding and settling with final finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Now, we're, we're talking about one of the ways that God leads you is by his inner witness or we would say by his peace. The spirit of God leads us by his peace. So... This is how this works. Colossians just said that let the peace of God be umpire in your life, ruling the decisions you make. Now, what does that mean? Now, I've been going to some baseball games. I went to Avery's baseball game, and I've seen Judah and Justice play a baseball game recently, and there's an umpire there. And the umpire does two things. It calls it in or it out. It's a ball or it's a strike. And he, he rules the game by making the calls. And it says in the Bible, let the peace of God be like an umpire in your life telling you whether you're on the right track or not. My favorite times, like when the umpire's like really, really energetic. He's like, here, Reich. Doesn't say strike. It's here, Reich. I love that when they got that passion. But what, is, what does he say? He says either it's in or it's out. But he's saying that's what the peace of God does in our lives by his peace when decisions come up. The peace of God says yes or the peace of God says no. 
The peace of God says, this is my will. The peace of God says, no, this is not my will. And we are ruled by the peace of God to answer questions in our life. So in our decisions, God doesn't have to audibly shout at you all the time telling you what to do. We should be led by the peace of God. Hear me this morning. If I had a penny for every time I've heard somebody say, I knew I shouldn't have. You know why you felt that way? Because the peace of God. How many people have heard said, I knew I shouldn't have went to that party. I knew I shouldn't have gotten that car. I knew I shouldn't have went to that college. I knew I shouldn't have moved there. I knew I shouldn't have taken that job. I knew I shouldn't. Now, how did you know that? Because you felt something, didn't you, before you did it, and it wasn't peace. What was that? That was the Holy Spirit trying to say, no, out, you're out, you're out, you're out. How did you know that? Now, all of us in here could raise our hands and say, we know. That's happened hundreds of times in our life. I knew I shouldn't. How did you know that? That was the peace of God. And most of us don't listen the first time. That's why we have to say it afterwards. How much could have been avoided in our lives if we would have been led by the peace? And that peace of God wants to be umpire, in or out. When you're taking a job, you shouldn't look at how much you're going to make. You should look at the peace. Do you got peace about it? Not about the money. What if you get the money and you lose your kids? When you're about to move somewhere, do you got peace or is it in or is out? In every situation, you should ask, do I got peace about this? And a lot of times, things could line up perfectly in the natural, but the Holy Spirit's saying, no, you're out. No, that's not right. We have to be led by the peace of God. Now, once again, we've all made mistakes here. No condemnation. But I'm saying we need to be better at listening to the peace that's in us. Because that's one of the main ways the Spirit of God leads us, by His inner witness, by His inner peace. We know when we have peace about something and we don't. And it says, let Him rule. In or out. Now, that's not by Him speaking to you. It's by, in here, you have peace. It's a feeling. Just like you know when you're doing something wrong, you have that uncomfortable feeling. Like, nope, 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 nope. That's the Holy Spirit saying, nope, you're off track, man. Get back on track. Get back on track. Is this too heavy for you? Are you guys? I'm trying to help you today. Listen to me, church family. I know this for a fact, and you've probably been there as well. There's been many times in my life I have blasted through the peace because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And the Holy Spirit didn't stop me because we have our own will. Hear me, church, and every time it's cost me. Every time. It's cost me in my health. It's cost me in my mind. It's cost me in God's plan for my life. Every time I've overrode the peace, but you can. 
You can choose. But don't do it. Because the Holy Spirit knows what's best for your life, and he's trying to bring you into the best place your life can be, the most joyful, the most fulfilled, God's perfect will and plan. But you got to listen. And hear me, especially young people, young adults, you guys need to listen even more than some of these older adults in here because you're making some big decisions. Hear me this morning. Listen to the peace of God. You know, and I, I say this with my heart grieving for what happened recently multiple times in this country. But you know, you need to listen to the Spirit when you go to work. Hear me today. When you go to school, I believe God will tell you if something was going to happen where you're at. But most people don't listen to the peace. Hear me this morning. Listening to God's peace and not listening could be a matter of life and death. There's many people that got in a car that the peace of God was saying no and they wrecked and they died. Many people at a party, something happened to them and they knew they shouldn't have been there. Peace of God was saying don't, don't, don't. And they overrode it. Many people went to a job and God said, don't go today. Something happened at their office that day, a tragedy. The Spirit wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. Hear me this morning. I'm talking about everything. He wants to protect your life. He wants to help your life. But you got to be led by his peace. Am I helping anybody today? I know I'm going long today. I'm going to wrap it up. Be led by his inward peace. Now, just like this, it says those who are the children of God, the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. You are. Like when I ask you, let me just ask you right now. Now, don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. But how many of you know that you're children of God? Raise your hand. Put it down. Now, who told you that? I didn't say you had to raise your hand. Who told you that? What happened? When I said that, your spirit said, yes, that's me. Congratulations. You were just led. Because the Bible says, that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when I said that, you got peace because the Spirit is leading you by His peace. Lastly, I know I'm long-winded today, but it's all good wind. Isn't it? I'm just trying to help you. So the Spirit of God wants to lead us. How does he do it? He speaks to us. He he has to give us his voice. How does he do that? The Word of God, dreams and visions, spiritual leaders and friends, the inward witness, inward peace, and lastly, lastly, the inward voice. The inward voice. You know why most people say they can't hear God? Because they're looking for a megaphone. I can't fully say he's never going to do that because I'm not God. But he's probably never going to do that. Because it requires no faith. You know, God's not going to put your leading for the day on the billboard on the side of the road. 
He's not going to lead you by stuff like, like, remember back in the day you used to play basketball, you'd be like, hey, if I shoot this and I make this, then I'm going to have this job. And then, and then you miss it, you're like, oh, man, okay. Like, God's not going to lead you by if you saw a red car or not that day. He's not going to lead you by a megaphone. He's not going to lead you by, by chance and luck and all this stuff. He's not going to lead you that way. So stop looking for that stuff. Most people are like, I can't hear God. Well, because you're looking in the wrong places. I love this. Brother Hagin said this many years ago about being led by the Spirit. He says, most people are looking for the spectacular but missing the supernatural. They're looking for the big things, the crazy things, God to speak, God to do this. And you know how God's going to do it? Through his word. That's not flashy. He's going to do it by putting a dream and a vision in your heart. That's not flashy and spooky. He's going to do it by a spiritual leader talking to you at Porto saying, you're not right here. I love you, but let me help you. We don't want that. We want a billboard. We want a megaphone. God, let me see a three-legged cat today, and then I'll know it's you. Come on now, people. There's Christians that really live this way. We want something spectacular, but God's going to say, no, I'll lead you by inward peace. It's not flashy. You just got peace or I don't have peace. He's going to lead you in your decisions by that peace. Probably one of the main ways he's going to lead you the rest of your life. But lastly, he's going to lead you by the inward voice. Let's look at what it says in 1 Kings 19, and I'm closing. Then he said, I, I believe he's speaking to Elijah here, God speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now this prophet in the Old Testament, he was looking for the spectacular. God, if it's you. Give me an earthquake. Give me a fire. Give me this. And he didn't, he didn't go like that. He said, no, a still small voice. God's going to speak to us in a still small voice. Now, when I say still small voice, I'm not even talking about what you can hear with these ears because it's not this. It's in here. God's going to speak to you. That's why you have to learn. You have to grow in that relationship. You have to practice listening to God's voice because there's many voices that come to you all day. But you got to learn to listen to his voice. But God will speak to you by the inward voice. What does it tell me about the inward voice? If it's a still small voice, you're going to have to be close to God and you're going to have to be quiet to hear it. I mean, we could go right, we could go home right now and just, I just solved your problem. Why don't you hear God? You're not close to him and you're never quiet. Issue solved. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Come on now, somebody. We're like, I can't hear God. You know why? Because you're blasting YouTube all night. He'd have to yell to get over it. You always keep podcasts on. You always keep music blaring in your car. You got NPR or Fox News. Both are trash. 
on your radio. And you're like, God, speak to me. He can't. He would have to shout over your nonsense so he could actually speak to you. No, God will not be treated like that. If God's going to speak to you, you're going to have to be close to him in a relationship, and you're going to have to get quiet. You're going to have to get the distractions aside. Most people, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. I can't hear God. Well, stop scrolling your phone for 24 hours a day. But i got to get back to Clash of Clans. Do you want to hear God's voice or not? What's going to help your life? Seriously, we got to grow up in here. We're adults, right? This is the adult class at church. God wants to speak to you, but he will not do it if you're not going to be still and quiet and show him some respect. You parents agree with me. You know this too. You're trying to talk to your kids and they're, and they got a blast in. What do you say? Turn the TV off. Put it on pause. Why? Because you want to talk to them and you know if they got that on, they can't hear your voice. How much more God if he wants to speak to us and he's going to speak to us through the inward voice. We got to be close and we got to be quiet. Hear me, church. I love you so much, but we got to stop the distractions. We got to stop. Turn off the news. Turn off the YouTube. Get off of Facebook. Listen, if I didn't have to get a hold of Natalie, I would throw my phone in the Ohio River today. I'm serious. It's completely warped and changed the brains of all Western people in a wrong direction. No wonder we do crazy stuff. No wonder we can't hear God's voice. No, mon- no wonder there's demonic, demon-possessed people shooting up schools. Because they're full of nonsense and trash and evil and listening to stuff they shouldn't, seeing things they shouldn't all day on their phone, and then they're wondering why we have the condition we do in the Western world. That's it. It's one hour, 14 minutes, and I'm going to keep going because this is right this morning. It's got to stop. The insanity has got to stop. Hear me, church. This world needs real believers. Like the real ones. Like not ones that are like everyone else. How do you become a real believer? You got to have somebody that hears from God. There's got to be somebody at your job that has a word from the Lord when they come in there. They're not complaining about Biden or Trump or anybody else. They got a word from the Lord. That's how you're going to change your job. They don't need more people that that know all the TikTok dances and you got all the YouTube channels in your school. They need another student there that hears a word from the Lord that can change somebody's life. They don't need just another person in your neighborhood who's like everybody else. They need to hear somebody who's led by the Spirit and hears the voice of God. That's how we're going to change people. That's how we're going to change your region. That's how we're going to change this country. They're real believers that really hear God's voice. Not believers that are just like everybody else. Oh, I don't hear anything either. I don't know. What's God speaking to you? I don't know either. He doesn't speak. He doesn't say nothing. No, because you're never quiet. 
Because you got too much trash in your life. You got too many distractions in your life. Here's the truth. You can hear God if you want to. Most of you don't want to. I'm going to say it again. Most of you don't want to. Most of you have lived your life not hearing it, so you're okay with it. When God has provided better, he sent the Spirit of God to live in us, to guide us, so we can hear his voice, so we can make right decisions, so we could be in God's perfect will, that not only that, we could go into our world and we could have a word for our coworker, a word for the student next door, a word for our community, and we would always have a word in season because God is always speaking to us. We can live that way. Most of us think that's not a reality because you've never seen anybody live that way. But God wants to lead us and he wants to speak to us. I don't know about you, but with all these things going on in the world, I am more committed than ever to listening to God's voice. Anybody with me today? It's more serious than ever that we are led by God's spirit. That we're making right choices. That we have a sound mind. That we're listening to the voice of God. Have I helped you this morning? I know sometimes when I talk to this, people are like, well, that's old school pastor and that's old. I'm an old soul, okay? What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And these truths about just reading your Bible and God speaking to you is still real. That's how God still speaks. It's not old school or, you know, we don't do that anymore. No, God still speaks through his word. God still speaks through dreams and visions. God still speaks through pastors and leaders. God still speaks through his peace. God still speaks through his inward voice to you if you'll listen. We're getting back to that as a church family. We're getting back to that as a church family. We're going to hear God's voice and be led by his spirit. If you only know the way I felt on the inside right now, because I want you to get it today. I want you to get it today. You know, and I feel this strongly, and I'm not saying this and like, ooh, scary, freak you out. But some of the things I'm saying for some of you in here is life and death. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking right now. If we don't start making some right decisions and right choices, it's life and death, and it won't be God's fault if something happens. It won't. It'll be because you're stubborn and you're not listening. I'm serious. I'm serious today. We got to be led by his spirit. And we can. Can we stand up today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.